Okay, recording start. Okay, okay, so we're doing, we're continuing with the uh, Migdash, and uh, what we wanted to do for today, I think the best. Uh, let me put it here. Well, actually, I might not get it. Put it for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So in the it, it, what we wanted to do today for Migdash was today we're gonna Bezad Hashem focus a little bit more on the order of the Kolbanot because we talked a lot about. Um, about the structure of the Mishkan, or Mikdash, talked about Big Day Kilunah, and Ketorah yesterday, which really are connected, because they both have to do with the approach to God, and the complications of navigating that, and uh, the humility that's required for that, really, is, is one of the aspects of uh, both the Big Day Kilunah and the, and the Ketorah, to be able to uh, be in the right frame of mind to approach Hashem in a healthy, uh, in a healthy way. <clears throat> so that that's the uh, that what we talked about yesterday. The korbanot are uh, uh, what what I thought would be useful would be to um, to examine uh, just to give a, a, I, most people don't even really have a, a, an introductory knowledge of the korbanot. I don't know what everyone's background is in terms of learning them. So I figured the best thing is to give an outline in uh, by look we can look at the chumash in Vaikra and we can. Uh, just get a sense of what the different kinds of korbanot are, and maybe some of the ideas, uh, some halachot of korbanot that are really interesting that maybe shed light on the meaning of the korban. So, what, what? so we would start obviously with um, with Vayikra, really the beginning of Vayikra. The first, the first two parashiot of Vayikra, meaning Vayikra and Tav, lay out all the korbanot. Vayikra is really about the kinds of korbanot, and Tav is about the procedures. Right, that, that's really the difference. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because there is actually a uh, one Chazal that I forgot to mention that, met, that says that uh, um, when it says Zehad Hashem, when Moshe Rabbeinu tell, instructs Aharon to do the Korbanot at the Miluim when he's dedicating the Mishkan, that it says that studying the parasha, studying the, studying the mitzvah was part of doing the Avodah. I mean, he said, Zehad Davar, this is the thing. Who says this? No, the Chazal. Um, so it's, it, it, it also, like, I, I thought of it the other day, if I didn't mention it, I don't think, when we were talking. That, that's, that shows you that even when the Korban is brought, there's an element of uh, understanding and limud that was supposed to be a part of the Avodatuk. So let's take a look at the beginning of Zehbaikra. It, la- it lays out for us a bunch of different korbanot. What's the first korban that the Torah talks about? Ola. What is it? Ola. Korban Ola. First one is korban Ola, and it's talking about <coughs> an Ola, which is called Ola Nidava, <coughs> which means it's a personal korban that's donated by the individual. We're going to go over each individual korban, that's the idea. We're going we're gonna to give it, and then we're going to understand what the meaning of the different korbanot is, because we want to first just make sure everyone knows what they are. <coughs> so korban Ola can be a, an individual korban, or could be a communal korban, right? That's another important thing to know. There are communal korbanot, and there are individual korbanot. Most communal korbanot occur on a fixed schedule, meaning that they are korban tamid, morning, afternoon. What kind of korban is a korban tamid? No, no, what kind of korban? Olat tamid, right? So it's olat. What is it? So an ola can be communal and ola can be individual. 
the olot that are offered by the community are on a fixed schedule, meaning it's uh, korban musaf is also korban musaf is also olot, and every day you have the morning and afternoon. Okay, that's the first type. What is what is the feat, the, the characteristic feature of the korban olah? Totally burnt, except for the skin. The, the Kohanim get the skin of the Koban, but basically, in terms, insofar as the meat is concerned, completely consumed on the Mizbech. Obviously, the blood is, is placed on the Mizbech. It's called Koche Kodeshim. Okay, Koche Kodeshim is a... So there's a lot of different categories you deal with in Koban. The communal ones are all Olot? No. no. That's what I'm saying. There's three different categories that you're basically dealing with, which is type of Koban, whether it is Yachid or Tzibur, and then the question of whether it's Kodeshim uh, Kodeshim or Kodeshim Kalim, which is sort of like more, uh, there is a category above the type of Korban, meaning Ola and Chatat are called Kodeshim Kodeshim. Toda and Shlamim are called Kodeshim Kalim. So there's almost like a, a, a higher level category that subsumes the two lower levels. So, Korban Ola, again, could be communal, could be individual, it's Kodeshim Kodeshim. What are the rules of Kodeshim Kodeshim? Well, in the case of Korban Ola, the whole thing is burnt. Right? The blood is put on the altar. It has to be slaughtered in the north of the Mizbeach, to, to, in the north side of the, of the, uh, of the uh, courtyard of the uh, Beit HaMikdash. It has more restrictions. Kodeshim Kodeshim, yeah. Can we look, anytime you say something like that, can we just look at it on the map so I know what you're talking about? What? On the map? On the picture. Look at the Pasuk. The Pasukim. Pasuk Yur Aleph. V'shachatoto al Yerach HaMizbech Tzafon Alefnei Hashem. When you walk into the Mizbech, into the Beit HaMikdash, the right side is the Tzafon. The left side is the Daron. Always. So like, where would it be brought? On this picture? Yeah. Over here. Right here. Isn't it just brought on the outer Mizbech? It's burned on the Mizbech, yeah. so meaning they would slaughter it uh-huh. at that point yeah. that I just showed you, and then they would burn it on the, on the Mizbech right there. Wait, Sean, show that again? They would slaughter it where? Like the the bottom of the picture, in here, the north. This yeah. is the north. The lower part of the north. And then this is where you burn it, yeah. So you're right when you walk in. And the person bringing it obviously sees the whole thing, he's not a standing so chamber. The yeah, lower, he in the lower part of the Mizbech as opposed to like up here. Yeah, that's the south. That's the south. So they had different parts of the Mizbech that they would bring different types. It wasn't on the Mizbech that they burnt it. I'm saying where they slaughtered it had to be. And where was it burnt? Well, on the on the pile. There's a pile of wood there. The mokeh. In the middle. There's, yeah. There are different malachot. So it was slaughtered here and burnt in the middle. Yeah, it was burnt. In the there were different things. There was also a there was also a marechet of etzim for to take the for the ketorah. There were there were different um, uh, piles of wood burning on the mizbeach all the time. So that's the korban ola. Now, what does a korban ola really signify? Just in in general, what does it signify? What's a korban ola? Complete. Completely giving over your yeah. It's a complete giving to Hashem. Now, it's not a kapara, actually. Usually, a person doesn't bring a koban olah for kapara. It says it's mechaper al mitzvot ase that a person didn't do. Or machshavot lotovot. A person has bad thoughts. Meaning, things that you don't actually have to bring a koban chatat for. You didn't really do a sin. But you failed to do a mitzvah ase, or you had thoughts that were not, you know, not good thoughts. So, you bring the koban olah. So that tells you what is the korban olah's function, really. What is it? What happens when a person doesn't do a uh, a positive mitzvah? What's required is that? That means he hasn't uh, given himself over. So yes. Right. right. It's a lack of investment of energy in avodat Hashem. Not that he did anything against Hashem, 
He's just not fully focused on where he should be focused. His energy is not fully uh, directed in the right way. So he brings a Korban Olah to jumpstart that, to focus on the idea that he should be submitting his energy, devoting his energy to HaKadosh Baruch And that's why Olah is the holiest of the types of Korbanot, because it basically indicates the absolute transcendence of God and my uh, subordination to God. Now, that's the idea what does that mean that it's the holiest? What it means is that holy means the less you can do with something, the more holy it is. So that's a basic rule. So Korban Olah, nobody can eat from it. Nobody. So therefore it's the most holy. Korban Chatat, okay, there are different kinds of Korban Olah depending on what kind of animal. So I don't want, so, and, and then, and then the, the, the next one in the order of the Torah is Korban Mincha. Okay? So the Korban Mincha is, uh, is different because the Kohanim eat from it. Okay? It's, a, it's a different category of Korban. A person would bring that who couldn't afford they could also voluntarily uh, give that, but the person couldn't afford that. No, they have to take part of it. They take what's called the Kometz, they put it on the Mizbeach, and they have Levona on there, also the uh, frankincense, whatever that is, that type of uh, inedible parts, right? Take that, put it on the Mizbeach, burn it, and Aaron and his sons eat the rest. That's a Mikha. So what is the oh, oh, handful? Of any part of it, it matter They stick their hand in like this. Isn't the three finger, is that the three fingers? They, they, they do this. In the animal? With the, with, the, with the hand. And they take the meat? No, no, I'm talking about the mincha. Mincha is just flour, flour or something. Oh, mincha is flour. Yeah, mincha flour. Oh Doesn't three fingers? The, the fingers, they stick in, and they close it like this. And then they use the outer fingers to clean off what's sticking out. And that's the, and then what's under the three fingers, they put it on the mizbah. Okay? They take three fingers worth? They dig it in. They curve these fingers and they use the outer fingers so that it's only what's inside the palm of the hand, you know, so they use the pinky. I can't even do it. I'm not. They curve three or four fingers. They, they close fingers. the middle three they it, and they use it to clean, clean off the sides. Yeah. Whatever's here. Whatever's inside, that they go. That's a Koban Mincha. That's different from a Koban Ola primarily because of the, of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the fact that it's flour. This is Mincha Nava, right? Huh? This is like a person voluntarily. This is talking about a mincha Yeah, what and there are different kinds. What is it baked ones. Sometimes it's just flour. Sometimes it's uh, baked into. This is in place of the olaf. You can't. You can't afford it. No olaf. Yeah, so same idea as olaf. Yeah. So like usually a person would only bring it if they couldn't afford to bring an olaf. Yeah. So they, they would bring it. So is this considered an? Oh, it's not considered an olaf. No, because the people they eat from it. It's so kodesh. What? This is kodesh. It's not kodesh. It's kodesh. It's it's kodesh kodesh. Oh, it is. Yeah, because. The rule of Koche Kodashim is that, because uh, the Korban Chatat is also, also Koche Kodashim. Yeah. Uh, what is Koche Kodashim? It's the highest. So, the, ko, what, when we talk about Koche Kodashim, Koche Kodashim are Korbanot that are not allowed to be eaten by anybody but Kohanim or higher. And they have to be eaten in the Beit HaMikdash. Those are usually the features of Koche Kodashim. Why is that? What's the real difference between Kodashim Kalim and Koche Kodashim? So basically, you can divide all korbanot into two types of things. Ola and chatat are korbanot that are brought, where the main objective is to honor Hashem, to demonstrate God's greatness. And I'm just bringing it because I want to heighten my own awareness or other people's awareness if I'm seeing myself as an agent of, like, let's say, Shlomo Amelech bringing uh, tens of thousands of korbanot. Right? That's in order to honor God. That's the primary purpose. The kohanim eat from a chatat. So the Farshim explained that that's now, but they can only eat from the chatat in the Beit Hamikdash. Meaning, their eating of the chatat is not because they received 
a gift of the meat of the chatat and they can take it home to their families. It's because their eating of the chatat is a part of the consumption of the meat of the chatat that's part of the avodah. has to be done in the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? What does that mean? It means that a chatat, when a person is choser b'tshuva, like we said, part of coming to the Beit HaMikdash is refocusing on Hashem. Part of it is interfacing with the Kohanim, connecting to the system of education that is going to help the person continue their path of return in Avodat Hashem. So the Kohanim play a part in that. So instead of just giving a korban, uh, a korban to a uh, uh, to Hashem that's totally burnt, they involve the Kohanim, not as individual persons, meaning the Kohen doesn't take it home with him as matnat kehuna, but as a representative of the Beit Hamikdash and and the one who's teaching and who's giving the spiritual inspiration in the Beit Hamikdash. So that's the framework in which the Kohen is receiving it. So only when he's on duty and he's in the Beit Hamikdash is he going to be eating that korban. If a, if a, 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 a Kohen himself brings a Korban Chatat, obviously he can't eat from it. That has to be totally burnt. So it wouldn't make any sense for the Kohen himself to bring a Korban Chatat and then eat. Right? So the... Uh, but what, the what about other Kohen could they eat from it? it when a, whenever a Kohen brings a, any kind of a, like a Mincha or a Kohen brings a Chatat, so it gets burnt. Because they're not supposed to make it a, something that they're going to eat from. You know? So the, uh, in any case... <coughs> so you were about Kodesh 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 which okay yeah bechor and pesach and maaser the maaser behemad person so what are the differences what are the categorical right so kodesh kodesh that's what I was saying kodesh kodesh the focus is what can only be eaten by the kohanim right that's that's the feature of it but the idea of it is that kodesh kodesh the purpose is emphasizing the greatness of God, either because I'm doing Teshuvah and I'm returning to God, or simply because I want to make a demonstration to be mitchazek in my awareness or lechazek other people in their awareness of God. Kodeshim Kalim are where the main purpose of the Korban is my eating. Okay? And I'm just, I want to have a holy meal. Okay? So therefore, I tie in the Beit HaMikdash. Meaning, it's, it, you want it, it's like, the, I usually give the difference between a shiur, where they have refreshments, versus, versus a party where somebody says it's about so Okay? In one, the main thing is the spiritual, and you have a little bit of refreshment. In the other one, the main thing is the party, but somebody has to give a Dvar Torah because you, know, you don't want to descend to it. So, if I want to have a barbecue, I say, I'll bring Korban Shlami. That way, my eating of the my eating of the meal is a it's a mitzvah. So it becomes a mitzvah. It becomes something that I'm celebrating. Really, a shlamim is always a celebration. I'm celebrating my closeness to God through this eating of this meal. I'm making this meal into a misudat mitzvah. In our in our like realm, we would call it a misudat mitzvah, right? We call it a mitzvah. So um, Ramban, the Friday night meal is kachik adashim. No, 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 no. 
I mean, why? Why? Because the Kiddush has to come first as children. Oh. But according to the Yeah, but it's still mainly about the eating in that case. So it would be more Kodeshim Kodeshim anyway. But let's say Kodeshim Kodeshim is where if there is eating, it's only by the Kohanim and in the Beit HaMikdash. So it's not for human interest. Right? It's all, it's just as part of the Apodah, the Kobat. Kodeshim Kalim, somebody eats it outside the Beit HaMikdash. You can eat it at the Chol Makom. You can also slaughter Kodeshim Kalim anywhere in the courtyard. So it's more loose. Even outside Yerushalayim? In the courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash. Of the Beit HaMikdash. Eden, where could it be Eden? Anywhere in Yerushalayim. So you always have... Oh, that's what you were asking about the Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywhere in Yerushalayim. Meaning it has a flexibility. The flexibility is shown both in that you can slaughter it anywhere in the, in the, in the Azarah. It's shown that in the fact that you, uh, that you can eat it anywhere in Yerushalayim. Anybody basically who's Tahor can eat a Korban Shlamim, Korban Toda, and so on. Right? These don't have any Kiddushah. Right? Korban Pesach, obviously, a person doesn't even put any parts of the Korban Pesach. Uh, they put the blood on there. That's it. The blood goes on the Mizrach. Right? The Bechor, the, uh, you give it to the Kohen, but essentially it's a gift to the Kohen. He takes it home, he eats it with his family. He, he doesn't eat it in the Beit HaMikdash. Maaser, same thing. You, take, you bring it as a Korban, but you eat the whole thing. Bikurim. Bikurim fruits, but... I'm focusing on animal ones. That's, that's, a, that's just a gift for the coin. It's a little bit more complicated because you bring it to the Beit HaMikdash, but they eat it wherever they want. Um, so in one case, the Mizbeach is the objective, meaning the Mikdash is the objective of the Korban. In the other case, I'm the objective of the Korban. I want to eat and drink and celebrate. You bring a Korban to that, why? Because something wonderful happened to you. Now we do Birkat Gomer. Something wonderful happened to you, you want to thank God. So what do you do? I want to make a Sudat Mitzvah thanking God. I, I got better from, uh, from being sick. I was saved from Tzarot. I want to make a party. How do I show that this is a Sudat Mitzvah? I make it a Korban Todah. And the Korban Todah is a full Sudat Mitzvah. It's bread. You, know, you bring loaves of bread. You bring the meat. Right? The Shlamim is, is just the eating of the meat. So the, uh, the idea is that the focus becomes my celebration of relationship with God. So like, for example, when the, when the Nazir finishes his period of uh, Nazir, he brings Shlamim. Because he's doing a seal of, shla, of, his, uh, of his being a Nazir. He fulfills uh, He brings all of them, yeah. He brings all of them. Right? There's a question of what the Chatat means there, but because Chatat can sometimes be a purification, not really for a Chet. It just means a renewal of the person that they're reconnecting with, uh, you know, that they're cleansing themselves of something. doesn't necessarily mean that they are, that he did a sin. Um, it can be a change in the person. Otherwise, like a yoledet comes back to, uh, yeah, or, or, or whatever it is. Um, the Chazal say that, you know, that it's because he unnecessarily went to an extreme in being a Nazir. The Ramban says the opposite. The reason why he brings a chatat is because, he, uh, yes, is because he's lowering himself. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you know, so it's preemptive chatat. It's not, he didn't even do it yet. Transitions, yeah, transitions. So in the case of the yoledet and the, the people who are tamay, who bring a korban chatat, um, it's usually not really because of sin. It's because they've been out of the loop of the Mikdash and they're returning. It's not really a sin. So the Chazal sometimes like, oh, the Yoledit cursed at her husband and swore that she's never going to be with him again. Might be, but, um, but also might be that just chatat doesn't necessarily mean uh, that the person did a sin. It can mean that they were in a state that removed, themsel- removed them from closeness to God and now they're returning even if it wasn't self-caused. 
such as we say, you should sin the Mizbeach. It means you should purify. It means to purify. It doesn't mean sin. Right? So, doesn't mean cause a sin to the Mizbeach. It means to purify, to cleanse them all. So, cleansing is also Chada. In any case, so this is the, uh, this is the main distinction. Main distinction. Chatat has to be eaten on the same day that the Korban is brought. Tell me why. Once you understand these ideas, you should be able to answer all the questions. What's the, what's the reason? The Kohanim have to eat that. They have only one day. They don't have multiple days. One day. Why? Do we speak about a khatat or just a kashi Yeah, I said the Kohanim eat it. Right? The Kohanim eat it. Yeah. In the Beit HaMikdash. Why? Because since their eating is part of the Abodah, the Korban, has to be at the same day. You can't do it the next day and say it's part of a korban had yet happened yesterday. Since it's part of the korban consumption, because a person who's bringing a chatat is returning to God, means not just returning to God, but also returning to the system that facilitates his, his, his development. The kohanim will represent the Torah, they represent God's spiritual guidance and inspiration and, and leading the person on the proper path. So they're a part of the korban, but they're not a part of the korban as individuals. They're part of the korban in the framework of being Kohanim, who represent the educational establishment, the religious educational establishment of Israel, let's say. Korban Shlamim, you have two days and a night. Right? Yeah. The Khatat can be brought by anyone, an individual, or there's communal Khatats also? There are. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, there's also communal Khatat. So Khatat can be a communal Khatat, which is like the regular Khatat that is brought every, every Chag. Usiyurizim al Khatat. I would say it all the time. Usiyurizim al Khatat. And the whole thing is burnt? Or? Of the no, the kohanim they eat from the yeah. So, so uh, the kohanim eat from the actual meat also, but only in in the bet hamikdash. Only in the bet hamikdash. Yeah. And no one else but the kohanim. Okay. Yeah, only so, the kohanim. Korban chatan is like the teshuva sort of, or no? Yeah, the person it's the end of the teshuva. So they want the person to complete his teshuva the same day. Is that why they eat it? No, because their eating is part of the korban ceremony. It's not for their own personal eating. If they were taking it home to their family, they could eat whenever they they would have more time. But it's not a gift to me as a Kohen that I'm eating this Korban. It's part of the ritual of the Korban that we're giving something to, uh, we're giving something to Hashem, so to speak. And Hashem, by sharing it with the Kohanim, is basically saying, these are my representatives who are also a part of the person's Teshuvah as they're the teachers and the religious leaders of the, of the nation. So they're also receiving a part of the korban. So the same is true in the chatat of the tzibur. When the, when the, when the tzibur does a chet, they're, re, they're refocusing on God, but they're also refocusing on what the relationship should be between the kohanim and the nation. Okay? So that's, that's why it's done. So that why every korban isn't the same day? Because every korban should theoretically be the Well, same if day. you have a korban shlamim, the main purpose of the korban shlamim is for me to eat meat. I want to eat meat. I want to have a party. The main purpose. Right. So I just want the eating of the meat to be related to service of Hashem, not just be a stam eating of meat. I want it to be a sedat mitzvah. So what do I do? I bring it as a korban shlamim. A korban shlamim, almost nothing goes on the mizbeach. Only the part that is, the small part goes to the kohanim. Right? The small part. And the blood. But other than that, I get all the meat. So and uh, the and korban todah is the only one. The korban todah is the only one that is only a one day limit. Of the coming. 
Yeah, of the Kalim. It has a one day that we have to eat on the same day. And obviously, Korban Pesach only that night. But again, you take it home to eat it, it's a Kodashim Kalim. To Yerushalayim, I'm saying to you. But you take it out of the bed to eat it, it's Kodashim Kalim. The focus is on the Achilat Korban, separate from the Hakravat Korban, in the case of all of the Kodashim Kalim. The only one of the Kodashim Kalim that you have a limit of the one day is the Korban Toda. Yeah, so why would that be? Why is it different? Why would it be that you don't have the two days and one day, two days and one night that you have? Because it's like the Quran would get dissipated over too much time. Why specific? Why not Shlami? Because you're inviting people to come eat this with you, and you're supposed to spread the spread the idea of what happened to you, so that you're thanks to Hashem. Why not do this? Yeah, well, you have to do it. Around. But we're assuming you're waiting. To, oh, you have a two-day party. Yeah, right? chops all for two days. Shawarma two nights in a row. What's the row? We did here. What's the row? So it's shlamim is not tied to a specific event. When you bring a korban shlamim, you're simply saying, "I want my eating of the meat to be related to my celebrating my closeness to Hashem, not just to be a stump eating of meat. I want it to have an element of holiness. That that doesn't have to be." Right now. It could be tomorrow. Right? Yeah, but a well, Korban to that. It's two days. Two days max. Yeah. The Thursday Yeah. Now, in terms of the Korban to that, it's tied to a specific event that precipitated the Korban to that. So, yeah, that's always what it was. Like, it's the same thing as Berkat the Gomer. Like, you bring a Korban to that. For the same reason that you say Berkat the Gomer. With regular Korban Nidavah. You don't just say Stam, I decide to bring Korban to You can bring Korban Nidavah. Or a Korban Shlami. If you're really just feeling in a good mood and you want to have some meat and you just finish the Siyum and you want to make, make it a Sudat Mitzvah of higher order, so you bring a Korban Shlami. All Nidavot were Shlami? No, you can bring a Korban Tudah. You can bring a Korban Ola. Korban Ola is like the first one that I mentioned in the Torah. You just want to honor God. You just want to refocus and be inspired by honoring Hashem. So you. Bring the korban ola. Or, Shlamim, you want to eat a set, you want to have a meat meal, but you don't, you, let's say, imagine the Beit HaMikdash is built but before the next time we have our learning. Right? And we want to make a siyum at the end of the learning and for the eating of the meat to be actually a fulfillment of a kivot shemayim and, and honoring God and, and honoring shechina, not just have shawarma. So bring korban shlamim. You know, that, that's what you would do. But if you have a specific one of the things that you bring a korban to that for, like, like you were sick, God forbid, and you got better. So you would bring it, since that, there's two elements to it. So the, it's always the, individual korban to that? Yeah, that's always individual. individual. Always individual. So when, if you're bringing a korban to that, it's related to, to acknowledging God for a specific act that occurred to you, that you're appreciating. So it's in the middle of Kodashim Kalim and, 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 and Kodashim Kodashim. Because Kodashim Kalim usually is just that. I want to eat the meat. I'm eating the meat of this uh, uh, Korban. And it is... Because uh, I'm hungry. And, and I, want, I want to make it more than just eating. I want to make it something special. Korban Toda is, I want to thank God, which that's the Hakravata Korban, that you bring I'm it into the... This right. And you, you give some of the loaves to the Kohen. You give the part to the Kohen. And you're eating it at home. But it needs to be tied to what happened in the Beit HaMikdash today because that was the thanking of God. If you you want to make sure that it's tied to the specific thanking of God that you did, otherwise it's not really a korban toda. It's more like a korban shlami, where it's, where the eating of meat is just a general that you want to celebrate closeness to God. 
It's tied to something specific that you were acknowledging God for in the actual sacrifice of the Korban. So that's why it's more limited. Similar to Korban Pesach, it's also like a Shlamim in the sense that it, you eat it at home, you basically eat the whole thing, you don't have to give anything really of it to the Mizbeach, other than the blood, but it's limited because it's part of the Seder of Pesach, and it's related to the Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it's, you know, so therefore it's not just uh, that you can keep it for two days. It, it, it expires, not because there's something that it spoils faster than a Korban Shlamim, but because it's more, it has to be connected back to its purpose always. In the case of Korban Shlamim, the purpose is my eating. I want to eat and be Sameach Lifnei Hashem. That's why it always talks about Vesamachta Lifnei Hashem Elohecha, and it talks about bringing Korbanot. It's talking about Korban Shlamim. On the Chagim, you bring Korban Chagiga. It's Korban Shlamim. You're celebrating on the Chag with the Shlamim. That's what they would bring, Shlamim. So whenever you see Olot and Shlamim, Olot, a lot of times they come together in the Tanakh. The Olot are honoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu in and of itself, not, for, not with any human interest involved, simply emphasizing the transcendence of God. Shlamim, celebrating, the, my, celebrating my closeness to God. Okay? In a general kind of way. It doesn't have to be precipitated by anything in specific. What do they have at Har Sinai? But Olot and Shlamim. Because there was both an acknowledgement of the transcendence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as well as a celebration of a closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Who also brings Olan Shlamim as an individual? One of my favorite characters in the Torah, Yitro. Right? It says that he brought Ola Uzvachim. Zvachim usually means Shlamim, by the way. When it says Zvachim, it usually means Shlamim. That Yitro brought, after he has this newfound recognition of God, when he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, this is in, this is in Yitro, at the very beginning, and uh, it's Pasuk Yud Bet. Perak Yud Ches Bet. After he recognizes God and says, Now I know, Ki Gadol Adonai Mikola Elohim. He said, It says, Vaikach Yitro Chotel Moshe, Ola Uzvachim Elohim. Is it Kibar Mitzvah Rasha? He says, Ah. Vayavo Aron, Bechol Zikne Yisrael, Leechol Lechem, Im Chotel Moshe, Lifnei HaElohim. That's what it means, Leechol Lifnei HaElohim. Meaning, the idea that it's a Koban, Shlamim means that your eating of it is the Fnei Hashem. It's something that you're experiencing and celebrating the closeness to God. He had a newfound closeness to God, a new understanding of God. He wanted to celebrate it. How do you celebrate it? Achilat Shlamim. That's the idea. So a person could bring a Shlamim simply because they wanted to celebrate a newfound... He, he had a new breakthrough in his understanding of God, which translates to a breakthrough in his closeness to God. And therefore he wants to bring a Koban Shlamim. A Nazir achieved the new level of closeness to God at the conclusion of his Nazirut. Even if it might be unconventional, even if there might be negative sides to it, so he has to bring a Chatat, ultimately he gains something from it. He brings a Shlamim because he, com- he only brings a Shlamim if he completes it. If he messes up in the middle and he has to restart, he just brings a Chatat, he doesn't bring a Shlamim. Shlamim is only at the end to celebrate that he achieved the purpose of the Nazirut, whatever it was. Whatever he needed to be mitakin about himself. So he's celebrating that new fellow closeness. All Shlamim are only individual, also? <clears throat> There's only one case of a shlamim that's called that, yeah, the shalmei tzibor. It, it, it makes it a category. It's like shalmei tzibor. It's only one. It's not a category. What's the one? What, who knows what the one shalmei tzibor is? Does either of our kohanim know? What is the one time the community brings a shlamim? Only one time. Messed up some of the. It wouldn't be messed up because if you messed up, you're not going to bring a shlamim. 
There's one Chag where they bring it. Guess what Chag it would be. Yom Kippur? No, because you can't eat it on Yom Kippur. Why do they bring it? Um, That's a good guess. No, think about when you think you'll bring a Shlamim based on, I already told you, I already hinted to it. Don't tell us, please. I'm not going to tell you. It's Shavuot. Shavuot, you bring Shlamim. The Korban Shlamim of the community. Why? Because you Matan Torah. Matan Torah, they brought Shlamim, meaning that celebrating the breed with HaKadosh Baruch Hu of, uh, of Matan Torah, just like at Arsinai, they had Shlamim, they had communal Shlamim, so they had communal Shlamim. Only on, only on Shavuot. It's Sorry. the only time. I feel like we're kind of jumping around. Can we like go yeah. in order? This, order? It's hard to pick in order. It's been pretty... Yeah, pretty there are different... There are, oh, the problem, you were the one that originally stopped to... I know, I know. I stopped to bring... <laughs> them, <laughs> okay, let, if we review, you'll see that we, we really kind of did go in order. We'll make a chart after. Yeah. Because the problem is that it's almost like... It's very hard to keep it in mind. It's not linear. No, we were going on, we did the thing we were doing, and then he started... Yeah, we did the Olam Chatzah in order a little bit. We the Olam in order, and then we scattered. No, my fault. This was very organized. Okay. Let's try to... I feel what they're trying to say is you need to write a book on this, so it's nice and clear. Let's take a step back and re-look at the big picture of everything together. Okay? So you have two types of Korbanot. And maybe this is how we could have started out. You have two types of korbanot. One is the korban where the emphasis is on God, on recognizing God, on, and, right, on the recognition itself, which is called kochikodashi. One is when the korban is really mainly so related to my seuda, some kind of celebration uh, that I'm having where the eating is lifnei Hashem. My eating is lifnei Hashem. I'm doing an eating lifnei Hashem. And therefore, it needs to be brought in the Beit HaMikdash because otherwise, how is my eating with me? Now I can't actually sit down and eat it in the Beit HaMikdash, but in Yerushal, right? Those are the two types of Koba. Within Kodashi, 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 you have Olam Chatat. Olam is pure recognition of God, Lishem, recognition of God, transcendence of God and acknowledging that. Chatat is where there was some kind of a disconnect, whether it's a chet, whether it's being a nazir, whatever it is, and now there is a return to recognition of God. Right. Okay? In the, but both of them are centered on recognition of God. In a korban chatat, we have the element of the kohanim eating it. Their eating is not a personal eating like they're receiving a piece of meat to take home, but it's, right, it's that they're, it says mishulchan gavoa kazachu, they receive it from Hashem's table, meaning Hashem shares the korban with them, so to speak, as if to say, these are my emissaries who are teaching my Torah to the people, so we acknowledge, when a person returns, they have to acknowledge both. When a person's already there, they can go directly to acknowledging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because the assumption is they're already in the framework that they need to be in. That's called Sheikh Kodashi. And Mincha, no? No, right, so the oh, Minchah is, is, is like a type like of an Ola. Right. It's like an Ola in the sense that it is brought as in the Devah. It's just brought as a tribute to God. And it's brought usually by a person who doesn't have as much. But in that case, the Kohanim also eat the leftover. But they eat, they're uh, seemingly because the, uh, the uh, burning all of the uh, Mincha and the Mizbeach was not, you know, basically they're helping the Mizbeach finishing, finish the Korban. Because normally an Ola wouldn't, um, wouldn't go to the, uh, to the Kohanim, but you only, the only part that is, goes on the Mizbech ends up being the hand so, Do the Ola and the Khatar have subcategories? Or? Um, not really. 
Only that it could be communal or they could be individual. What's the idea of the skin? The skating unicorn? Wait. What? Wait, wait. Oh, we're going to finish the category, yeah. then we'll jump back, okay? So then you have in Kodashim Kalim. Sorry. Kodashim Kalim so, is where the emphasis isn't on honoring and glorifying God, per se. The emphasis is on Achila Lefnei Hashem or Simcha Lefnei Hashem in the Achila Tekobah. Right? How do I do that? Either from a Shlamim, which is kind of a generic, I want to just celebrate my closeness to God. A Toda. No, yeah. Closeness to God, I just want to eat. And it'd be lifting Hashem. It means not that it changes achilat basar from simchat habeten to I'm celebrating my closeness to God through eating this. Yeah. Okay. Like a sudat mitzvah that we would think of. Oh, don't just have a party. Make a siyum and make it a sudat mitzvah. That's how we would do it today. Right. You want an excuse for a party, so you made a siyum. Wait, sorry. Um, just to go back. Uh, you started talking about Tamir and Musaf, which are the communal versions of the... Right. Of the Ola, right? Mm-hmm. So is that all, like, did we cover all the subcategories or just those? In Ola? Or in Ola, yeah. yeah. So it's just the Tamid and the Musa mm-hmm. are the two communal ones and that's, the rest are yeah, the personal ones, which them. can be brought at any time. Basically. The individual ones? The individual ones. Except yeah. for like Korban Pesach, which has to be brought on Pesach, but yeah, more or less. Korban Pesach is in Ola also. No, no, you eat it, the whole thing. Oh, oh. It's, a, it's like a Shlami. Yeah. So in terms, in terms of personal olot, they're not brought at set times, they're brought at... Right, brought at right, right. you bring it whenever. But the tamiz are olot that are brought at set times. You, so you, there are personal... Uh, it's not absolute. The set time thing I didn't mention because it's not absolute. Because like, let's say, for example, a person's ole l'regel, they have to bring an ola and a When they're ole l'regel, that's part of the mitzvah. You bring an ola, which is called ola t'riyah, when you appear in the Beit HaMikdash, and you bring a koban shlamim, Korban, you know, Korban Chagiga that you bring. So you do. But again, it ties into the same thing. When you're coming to the Beit HaMikdash, you're acknowledging the greatness of God and you're celebrating. Right? So it's a... Anything food. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it becomes something sacred when it's tied to this idea of the recognition of God. It's, it's an achilah that's tied to this higher purpose. That's what makes it special. And so you have... And then yeah. the, the Shlamim... Anyone can eat it also? Uh, uh, the one that's the communal one, only the Kalani need it because they're. The there's only one communal one, Shavuot. Right. No, besides personal. that one. In right, in the regular ones, yeah, everyone. Anyone. Anyone that one. In Yerushalayim, over one or two days. Two, you get two days. Up to two days. Right. And the Todah, because we said there the recognition of God and the Todah is more specific, so you have only the one day then to eat. It has to be connected, more connected to the, to the ceremony of the Beit HaMikdash. Because it's more tied to your acknowledge a specific acknowledgement of God that, that, that precipitated the Qurban to that. So that's more limited. You're going to discuss which animals are brought? Let's, that, it, it'll get so complicated, yeah. it'll be hard to keep in your brain. Just, yeah. This is, really good. This is more, I needed this so bad. This is better. This is better just to give the outline. Should we go one by one through the Shesarim? Should, should we go through <laughs> every day of the year and discuss which Qurban are brought? Yeah, that's <laughs> No, just the, the same way you explain the letters. So wait, so wait, so wait. So wait. Specifics, yeah, yeah let, let's, let's keep drawing the, the outline and, um, and get to it. So in Chata'ot, okay, you do have Chata'at Hatzibur. There are three kinds of special Chata'ot. One is called Chata'at Helem Davar Shel Tzibur. Okay? There's special, three special Chata'ot. There's, we already talked about the, the 
you can have a communal chatat and a communal olat, right? Every day you have in the Beit HaMikdash Koban Tamit Shel Boker and Shel Ben Arbaim. Right, and Ola in the morning, Ola in the evening. Every day. Just like you have Ketorot in the morning, Ketorot in the evening. Menorah, something with the Menorah, debated what it is, between the Rambam and everyone else, and Menorah in the evening. Rambam says they light the Menorah in the morning too. Light the Menorah in the morning and evening. Others say, no, he just sets it up in the morning, there's no point in lighting, he lights in the evening. Whatever. You have, it, you have all of these things, morning and evening. That's the system of the, of the regularity of the Beit HaMikdash, the constant presence and Shekhinah of God being manifest, being represented in the Beit HaMikdash every single day. The, when you have a Musaf, it's a special day. So the different array of Korbanot reflects the specialness of the day. There's a heightened awareness of God, so there's more Olot. Could be seven, could be whatever. Good, on Shabbat, it's two. On, uh, on, on Yamim Tovim, it could be seven or whatever. Depends on the day. And you always have a Seirizim Achad Achatat on every Chag. You have it on Rosh Chodesh and all the Chagim. That's a communal chatat, a regular communal chatat that comes on a schedule. Yeah, you know, we always read it. Usirizim achad chatat, right? And it, that's like always says usirizim achad chatat. So that is a chatat. The Gemara in Masechet Shavuot Shavuot talks about this a lot. It's really interesting, actually. There's so much we could go into. Like if we had like only dedicated our time to korbanot, we could have gone into these really, really interesting sugyot. That are, that are not that complicated and they're very deep examination of specific Kobanot. So I'm always like tempted to do that, but I don't want to lose the big picture. That's why I'm not doing that, but I, like it would be amazing to do it because there's so much. And especially, interestingly, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, like Rabbi Shimon from the Mishnah, has very unusual opinions about the Kobanot and it's really intriguing. He has like a, I don't know, there's so much to talk about in the Kobanot and the details of it, but I don't want to get lost. So. You have your Korban Chatat. What is the purpose of the Chataot that are brought on Rosh Chodesh and Chagim? Does anybody happen to know? What Chet is it coming from? What are the Chet's of? Uh-huh. What Chet is it coming from? Why would you bring a Chatat on the regular schedule? It doesn't make much sense, does it? That should be related to some specific Chet. So what is it? Does anybody know? Fine. Nobody learned here the Masachet Shavuot Mishnayot even? Nope. You have to go to Zilberman. Yeah, we're in the I remember when I was... 16 years old and I asked my, I thought it was such a genius and I said you know I asked some question about Tzachelet and Tzitzi and my teacher turned and said it's an open Mishnah in the Sechet Menachot how can you not know exactly I didn't even go to Gemara I just said Mishnah if it was Chumash forget it then it would really be bad if you didn't know Mishnah, I want you. This is Kumash, we don't know. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the Chatat for? It's for Tum'at, Megdash, Bekadashat. Okay? Whenever you have a Chatat Kvu'ah, a regular Chatat of the community, it's because of Tum'at, Megdash, Bekadashat, to atone for the Megdash. Just like on Yom Kippur, you have an elaborate, elaborate ritual of Kapara for the Mikdash, for purifying the Mikdash. The actual purpose, I'll explain, the actual purpose of the Abu Dhabi Yom Kippur is to cleanse the Mikdash. And as part of that, we're getting Kapara. 
But really, all of the rituals of the putting of blood on the birth, the purpose primarily is, of most of the korbanot, is to cleanse the mikdash. Where, how do I know that? Did I make that up? Okay, now we're going to get in trouble because now this is chumash. Now this is chumash and, 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 and it's not good. What does it say in the Torah? In the, 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 in the uh, Torah reading of, of Yom Kippur that everyone, everyone should be familiar with. That's the only thing we know. <laughs> right? But, uh, right? But before that, what does it say? It says... Um, uh, no, I, actually, we're, it's a couple of times mentioned. Hold on. <coughs> Let me find it. V'chiper ala kodesh mitum ot ben Yisrael u'mipishihem Anyway, the very fact that we have a Mikdash, we talked about this already when we talked about Mikdash, we're not on the, the very fact that there's an institution through which we relate to God and glorify God, but it's tainted by our own human limitations. So it's, it has a Tum'at, where it's like we're defiling the Mikdash. Because we're not really worthy of having a mikdash, right? We have to have it, but it gets ruined by us having it because it, we can't really capture the idea. Is we can't really capture the true idea of shechina and the real idea of closeness to God because we're not worthy of it. So therefore, we're constantly bringing a chatat as if to say we we know that our avodah is imperfect. We know that our concept of lufnei Hashem. Is really imperfect. On the Mikdash itself. Meaning, now the way halachically they say it is, oh, probably some people come in when they're Tameh. Probably people don't take the proper precautions. Probably this, probably that. That's all true. But it's not, but you don't bring a khatat on a probably. Like if we had a video camera there and it showed us that nobody ever was Mitameh the Mikdash the entire time, we still would bring it. Why? Because it's human nature. I mean, human nature is such that we're going to Mitameh the Mikdash. We're going to bring it down to our level. We're going to bring God down to our level. We're going to bring the idea of Shekinah down to our level. And with all that the Mishkan tries to do to focus us on the fact that Hashem is beyond, and, and even the Ketorah that we talked about yesterday, Hashem is beyond and not accessible, we're still going to have that fantasy idea that we're closer than we are. The Nadav and Avihu idea that actually we could just take the Eshdara and walk in. Okay, so, so therefore, we're constantly mitaken. That's why, you know, by the way, the idea, idea, what? It's kind of a depressing no, it's, idea. No, I, that's not the way to look at it. I will look at the other way. I'll look at the opposite way. That like what a presence that even though you're not, you, we're so far from God, He still extends Himself to bring you as close as you can. But He doesn't want to mess it up. He's trying to bring you, even though you're so far, even though... What percentage of our actual energy is devoted to closeness to God in a given day? Barely anything. Uh, not during these trips, maybe a lot more. <laughs> right? Normally. Right? And, and, and yet, Hashem extends the chesed to Am Yisrael that they have a place they can relate to Him. Like, it's an amazing gift. Not, you know, to look at it positively. Right. Like, you know, David Melech says, you know, Ki, uh, when I see your heavens, I say, Maya no shkitis 
Like, it's really incredible that the Ashkacha extends to us. But why? What does God see worthy enough? We're so quick to judge other people that they're not up to our standards. You know? What does God see in us? Or as the old anti-Semitic uh, rhyme used to go, how out of God to choose the Jews. Yeah. You ever hear that? <laughs> Some British anti-Semite said that, I think. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. It would be more odd if you chose somebody else. But, but that's, not in the, that's not in the rhyme. Um, and anyway, the chipera, and at the end of Yom Kippur, the chipera kohen ha-shayim shachot ova shayim al-eti do lechayim tach davi v'lepashat, the chipera et mikdash ha-kodesh, v'et kohen mo'ed, v'et ha-mizbeach yichaper, v'yala kohanim, v'yal kol amakal yichaper. That's Pasuk Lamed Gim. 32. Yeah, 32 and 33. The two. Okay? So do you see the idea? That's what Yom Kippur is about, cleansing the mikdash. And through our cleansing of the mikdash and recognizing the transcendence of God and our distance from God and, and trying to come closer within that new understanding, we receive the kapara also. We show two extremes. We show the extreme of the Sira Mishtaleach. It's following the ta'avot, falling off a cliff, and we see the approach of God. Both of them have danger. One has the danger of taking us completely away, destroying us that way. The other one has the potential to lead us to great things, but is also dangerous because we can overstep the boundaries. Uh, and that's, that's how I, was trying to, you, I think you started by saying I have no idea. three kinds oh, of special right. because Oh, because the chata'ot, the chata'ot that are regular, the ones that are part of the chagim, they're all al-tumat mikdash v'kadashah. Is that No, no, that's before that. I, I, I backed up. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. No, that's, these are the regular ones. So whenever you see usiris yimechad chatat, right, usiris yimechad chatat. It always means the uh, it always means the um, uh, the chatat for the Bet Hamikdash, meaning the cleansing of Bet Hamikdash. That's why, by the way, the we we see people that have certain practices that we don't know what they are. That's why there's Yom Kippur every erev Rosh Chodesh. They say Yom Kippur Katan. You know, like people fast on erev Rosh Chodesh and they have special slichot. They do it at the Kotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it underneath. It's called Yom Kippur Katan, erev Rosh Chodesh, because since Rosh Chodesh was also a time of kapara. Not at the same level, but actually every Chag offers that opportunity of a cleansing of our understanding of God and a reset of our understanding of God that actually seems like it's making you further away, but actually it's making you closer because it's making, you, it's making it more genuine, it's making it more true. So, more true is better. Is that a Pashut idea? The idea of being too far from everything that's coming? Well, you put all the Chata'ot and then it falls off a cliff. That's why it's part outside of the it's all outside of the Bedouin because it's, it's a removal. It's, it's leaving. That's, it's representative of the idea that the, those, there's two types of chet. There's the chet of the, the person who is chasing after things that are away from God. Like the Ramah would say, he's facing his back to the palace. Okay? And the person who's facing the palace but like basically barges in the door too fast. You know, as opposed to the person who takes the proper steps slowly, slowly to, to approach. So, um... I think that's the shot of it. I mean, it, it, it's very convincing to me. Um, and anyway, Sa'ir, by the way, Sa'ir is usually associated with Kaparan. The two things, Par sometimes and Sa'ir, are associated with Abu Dazarah. Especially, like, when a person does a sin. I wasn't going to get into the specific animals too much, but sins related to Abu Dazarah, they usually require as part of their Kaparan a Sa'ir. A goat, specifically. Because Seirim were like, the, sometimes it's part like for Aaron. He brings a part because, because of Chet Ege. Um, Seirim because of 
the seirim were the demons that they worshipped in the Bidbar, because it says mm-hmm. Right? So it's a, so that's because in the Tumat Mikdash is always a type of Abu Dazara. It's always a type of bringing God down to our... If you're thinking you're closer to God than you are, it's because you're actually bringing God down to you. Not because you're... That, that's, that's where it comes from. And so it's a tikkun of that. So it's a, it's, that's what that Khatat is for. And in Yom Kippur, it's an elaborate system of, of that. And then there's a whole discussion in the Gemara, which I'm saying we could... That's such a philosophical... It's on the edge of philosophical Gemara, even though it's about Korbanot, because it gets into how these different types of Kapparan uh, cleansing relate to each other. And, and uh, so, so that's, the, that's the Khatat that's all the time. The only Khatat that Zippur brings all the time is the Khatat of, uh, uh, of the Moadi. Okay. So, 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 the just so, 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 the so, 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 it's not more about us. Um, Yom Kippur one falls under that. It has a lot of Sirim, but it has a series of the Khatat also as part of its regular identity as, a, as, a, as one of the Regali, as one of the Chagim. Um, that, that's, that's a Khatat of the community. So the main Chet of the community is the cont- continual attempt to purify the nature of our Avodah Hashem, purify the character of our Avodah Hashem. Um, and then you have what's called a chata. Then you have chataot that happen occasionally, right? So you have parhelim davar shatzibor. Parhelim davar shatzibor is the topic of Masechet Arayot, which is a favorite among people who want to make a quick seal. <clears throat> yeah, it's actually a really interesting Masechet. It's so interesting on so many levels. I love that Masechet. Maybe one day we can do, if we have a long, intense time, we can learn that entire Masechet, or at least an entire parak probably, in one time, in, in one, one time. session, in one, like, one time, a period of time. It's so so much like so much good in that and and great stories too. I thought it was to come two times anyway, in Europe. One week in the summer also. Let me see your table. Huh? I see you on a shasta. Let me see your table. Is that what you did? So I, I didn't know how to do edyot and horayot. I didn't know yeah. how to do horayot, so I just went for like an hour and a half in the back. Are you ready? Trying to like speed read through. Wow. Edyot is interesting too. Edyot is interesting too, but that's mission. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, so Orayot talks about this, which is where the Bet Din, how do you have a communal sin, specific sin? What, all of us did a sin together? No. It has to be that it came from the top. So the Bet Din makes a ruling. That's why it says, This is in our same parasha that we read before in Baikra. Um, first, we talked about the individual chatat. We already talked about that. This is Pasuk Yudimit. What does it mean, from the eyes of the community? The eyes of the community means the leaders of the community. They made a mistake, and something that normally an individual would bring a khatat for, they allowed, they permitted it, they directed the people to do it, so to speak, or permitted people to do it. So since it was a khet of the Bet Din, it's a communal khet. Okay? And then there's the khet of the Kohen Mashiach. If the Kohen Gadol does a chet, and that chet is something, again, it has to be that he made a halakhic decision for himself. Not just that he did a stam sin. The Kohen Gadol. He does a chet that is uh, based on a ruling that he made, meaning in his, in his capacity as Kohen Gadol he made a chet. 
That's, the point. That's why it has to be that he made a decision uh, that was wrong. He brings also a special uh, par, special bull that is the par Kohen Mashiach, it's called. And, uh, third or that's and there, there's a third one, but I want to leave it aside for a second because it's not as different as these two. These two are different because the blood of these korbanot goes into the Kodesh. What's the korbanot called? It's called Par Kohen Mashiach. Par Kohen Mashiach. Mm-hmm. So the uniqueness is they actually, those korbanot, the blood goes into the Kodesh. Not the Kodesh of Kodesh, but it goes into the Kodesh, which is the only chataot that the blood goes into the Kodesh. Meaning into the, into the Hechal. Not into the Kodesh of Kodesh. Um, why do you think that is? Because it's the coin that's doing it. But let's say the Bedin also. Same, same idea. The Bedin also, the blood goes? Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why do you think it goes into a special... Uh, um, and only... It, yeah, oh, yeah. And you burn it totally outside the camp too. No, you burn the... You burn the... Uh, you burn the meat outside the camp. Mm-hmm. Not on the Mizbeach. You burn the meat outside the camp? Yeah, but first focus on why do you yeah. think it is. That it goes what, what, does the what does the Kodesh represent? What does the Kodesh represent? The buffer zone between... The yeah, things. and it goes, goes on. It goes to the buffer zone. It goes to the buffer zone. It's the leadership making a mistake. Meaning thinking you can get closer than you, can, you actually can get. So it needs to burn there. Like, like there's a... There's a, a, a level you can get up to and not beyond. So. But it goes on. It even says, Al Mizbeach. That's where the blood goes. Instead of going on the outside, where it normally goes. You also pour the rest of it on there, and it gets some, some stuff that goes on there too. But the idea is, there's a fundamental disorder in the people's approach to God, because it's not just an individual. An individual made a mistake, the system is still healthy. Right? The system is still healthy. If the Kohen Gadol makes a mistake, and it's in his Kohen Gadolness that he made a mistake, because he made a mistake in his ruling, right? Or I'm coining a new term for you. Did you like no, that? No, right? no, or if the Bet Din, in its capacity as a Bet Din, makes a ruling and it's wrong, so now the system of Avodat Hashem and the perspective itself has something wrong with it. So we have to correct the entire realm. We don't go into the Kodesh Kodeshim because the Kodesh right? We don't we don't go into the Kodesh Kodeshim, but everything that's because really the realm of human activity and of human uh, life is really only extends up to the Kodesh Kodesh. That's like beyond. That's, yeah. the, that's the metaphysical, that's Nivu'ah, that's something else. Kodesh Kodesh but, is yeah. not even Nivu'ah, it's like Hashem. Right. Well, it's Nivu'ah basically because that's why we have the Kruvim. Right? So, but that's already when you're transcending this world already, you're going there. Everything within this world, that's what the Bet is ruling about. That's what the, that's what the Kohen Gadol is ruling about. So therefore, there is a... Uh, the, the framework is, is disordered, so they have to go and, and even mitaken the framework itself. Okay, because there's something fundamental. It's not like when I do a sin, I bring a korban, but the framework is intact to support me. If the, if the leaders themselves are, are, are making mistakes in, in, in their uh, understanding of Torah and they're acting on them, I mean, that's, it, it's like, it's a very, and it has to be in, a, in a, an isur sheyeshbo karet. Right, that's, that's a measurement, meaning, that's a measurement of the level of severity of the distortion in the Bet Din, in the Kohen Gadol, that he actually made a ruling and put it in practice about something that's an Isur Karet. Right? So like it's a, it means that there's something really fundamentally off. 
about the whole system and it needs to be corrected. Yeah, it must have been like the imagery must have been really hard also because the Kodesh was never blood. It was always like pristine, Only on Yom Kippur. Pain. Yeah. Only on Yom Kippur you have that when you cleanse everything. Right? Otherwise, no. So, yeah. So that's the, that's called... Now, there are, there's a subspecies of the Parhelem Devar Shatzibur which is if the Chet is Avodazov instead of it just being a regular Chet. Uh-oh. Meaning, a Chet that has Karet is one thing. Chet is Avodazov. Right, the Bet Din says, we allow you to uh, bow down. We decided that bowing down to the cross is not really Avodazov. Because they don't really, they didn't believe in one, I don't know, some of the Shtugat that people say today. We don't really understand Christian theology and think that it's okay. Or it's not really, not really Avodazara. Or it's okay to bow down to the Western wall. Believe that that's right. Or leave a note for God. Can, can you bring me a Bemidbar, actually? Can you just grab the Bemidbar? It could be uh, the, whichever one. Because I forgot it's in Bemidbar. I didn't take, I took almost the entire Hamash, except for the <laughs> And it's, it's right there, the Torah Chaim right there, right? It's lower, it's lower, lower. You're going to get to the third uh, special thing. Yeah, I know, I don't want, I don't want to get oh, into it. Because sure it's, it's going to mess everything up, because it doesn't really follow the, uh, the other pattern. Just yeah, um, I don't want to mess you up even more, it's already confusing. It's, All right. I'm going to take you to understand all this. This is like, this is like not 30 that, years worth of no I just was thinking this. yesterday as we were walking yeah. through. <laughs> I think this is it's all the time that I spent in the coattail. This sheet order is why Ariel came to Israel. Yeah. He'll get this. He's going to get it. Yeah, he'll get the recording. Uh, don't worry. Well, there's so Make much sure more we could do this, I'm telling you. So much we could do, but oh, we're sure. not going to get to it. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Um, that would be Chayav Mitzah. Then he would really, then really good. All right. So, uh, yeah, one last thing. <clears throat> one last thing. So we have, um, we have in the... Uh, in the uh, end of Parashat Shalach, Parashat Shalach, the the Parelam Elim Davar Shatzibur when it's Abu Dazara, Shabbos the worst. How do you know it's Abu Dazara? Because what does Torah say there? And there's an individual korban chatat that's Abu Dazara that just means he brings a different animal. It's in Shalach, so I don't want to go into that because I want to get into the different animals. It just signifies that the sin is worse. But how do you know it's talking about Abu Dazara? Because it says if a, it, it says this is in Shalach, Tetvav, Pasuk, Kaf Bet. Okay? Well, that's the way that's, uh, yeah, So it says everything that Hashem commanded Moshe from the beginning till now. Meaning, you did, it doesn't mean that they did every, violated every single one of the 365 negative commandments. It doesn't make any sense. What it means is that they did the one sin that undermines everything. At kol mitzvot Hashem. Right? If, because of the, the, the bet din ruled on something, allowed something, and actually they realized afterwards was Abu Dazara, that's a huge, that, that's a yeah, huge like mistake. Right? You, you can't, that, that yeah, under, you undermines the strike. Like, yeah, so they bring, in that case, a, they bring an Ola and the Chatat. Par ben Bakar Echad de Ola and Asir le Chatat. Asir le Chatat is always to purify from, the purify Mikdash because the Shab usually it's used as Seir, but it represents Chataim of Avodah Also when the person, he, he has to bring, also if he does Avodah by accident, instead of bringing, instead of having a choice, he has to bring a, 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 a goat. Okay? So it, that's why you could see it's a signal for Abu Dazar. But what did they 
why do they bring an Ola and then a Chatat? Why bring an Ola and a Chatat specifically? Why not just two Chataot or a lot of Chataot because they did a really bad sin? And by the way, this is the only time where a person's bringing a Chatat and an Ola that they bring the Ola first. This is the only time what? I'm sorry, no, that they bring the Chatat first, right? What do you mean Chatat and Allah together and Chatat was first? Oh, wait, I'm mixing it up, actually. No, 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 no. They bring, in this case, the Olaf first, and then the Chatat, right? In other cases, they bring the Chatat and then the Olaf. Yeah, sorry about that. Because I, I, I got mixed up my other Pasuk. They equivalent the Shele Chatat Vishonah, it's a different thing. Right? Here, they bring the they bring the Olaf first, and then the Chatat. Why? I was right the first time. Why did they do that? You asked two questions. Why did they, here is the only place they bring an Olaf and then a Chatat. Meaning if they have two, every other said that Abudat says, they agree that the Shalah Chatat we shall not. They have to bring the Chatat first. Here they bring Olaf first. Why? First they have to rededicate themselves to honor Hashem because of the dishonor they think. Right, because in every other Chet, there's a basic understanding of God that was not flawed. It was just that you went out of line with that understanding. You have to return. Okay? And you can, you don't have, so, but here, the idea of God itself was corrupted. The idea of Hashem itself was, was uh, somehow, uh, you know, uh, diminished. So they first have to reestablish the framework of the understanding of God, and then they can bring the Chadat. They bring it, well, not, and then Chadat. What? what if I personally do all of We only bring one Korban anyway, Chadat. You didn't destroy the whole system. They oh, actually undermine the, the clarity about God in the entire nation. They under, if a if, if a bit thing goes and they say, oh yeah, you know the Trinity, we can pill pull it. It's not really uh, and then and so what do they do? They basically what what and unfortunately, you know, uh, Benji's always sending me these videos from these different like places where they're like saying, oh, you know, God really is not that distant from us. He really loves us, and he has a personality. Like all these, like very progressive, supposedly orthodox, but saying all this stuff about, you know, the Rambam, he kind of like messed up everyone's idea of God with all of his transcendent stuff. And really, they're saying that. They don't say it in those words, but essentially that's what they're saying. Right? If these are the Bedin, that's that why they need a Qurban Allah first. They first need to stabilize the idea of God before they bring a Khatat. Because what are they returning to? What, 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 what are they returning to? A distortion. They just bring a khatat on the assumption that God is, you know, kind of like not that different than Jesus. Then it it doesn't work. So they first have to correct. In other areas, you're bringing the khatat with an understanding of God. You just, the distortion was in you. In your conduct, in your application of those values or lack of clarity in the way that you lived your life or the choices you made. But you didn't undermine the national concept of God. And so therefore, if you bring a khatat and you first bring a khatat, and then an olah. Why? Because you were in a fog and you did khatai. Okay? You're first returning to God, and then you're expressing your newfound clarity about God. That's you bring a khatat and olah. But when the khid itself was a distortion in the fundamental idea of God, you have to flip it around. Olah and khatat. Okay? So it, it always fits with the idea of what the olah is and what the khatat is. It fits very well. Okay. Now, in this system of the of the Beit Hamikdash, this probably happens very often. Chatat or Helen Davar? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They're all like a 
upside down. Well, well they say if, the, if you look at what the Ezra, all the Korbanot that Ezra brought at the dedication of the uh, second bed of Gash, they learned it in Horayot that really he was bringing like basically a parhen and davar shatzibur and the avodazaran and so on. And from from coming from Galut even though it wasn't tech, didn't technically meet the requirements of those Korbanot, but symbolically, basically, uh, he was doing that. So they, they talk about it, the Psukim in, in Ezra and Nehemiah, and how those Korban don't match up with the, uh, with the idea of the Parhelim Darash of Tibor and the Seir. The last one I was going to mention is just the, the Korban of the Melech. That the Melech brings a different Korban. He doesn't have to make a. This is number three. Yeah, it's, it's a special Korban because he has to bring a. He always brings a male goat. If he does a Is there a name for this? It's uh, called uh, uh, the Chatat uh, Nasi. Yeah, the, he's called the Nasi in the Torah, but basically he's, uh, it's a, uh, uh, he, he means the Melech. Why? So what, because what his, well, if he did a chet that for us would bring a korban chatat, which is always a chet that if we did it, b'mezid would be correct. If we do a, a bishogeg, bring chatat. So the Melech would, um, would bring any sin. The standard is for all chataot. Okay, for all chataot, for the par kohen mashiach, for the par of the for the seir uh, nasi, for all of them, you only bring a korban if the sin you did by accident was one that if you did it on purpose, you would get correct. Meaning, it has to be a sin that's fundamental to demand the korban. It has to be a sin that goes to a core value to demand the korban, which makes perfect sense. And, a, and, a, and a, a lack of a mitzvah to say, or even a lota say that doesn't rise to the level of a korban chatat, doesn't require, it doesn't rise to the level of karet, doesn't require that intensive of a transformational experience to bring korban in order to return the person to their proper uh, place. Um, yeah, by mistake. Yeah, korban chatat, always by mistake. Okay, so uh, if the if the uh, if the nasi did something by mistake, he has to bring. He always brings a more severe korban, a sa'ir. He always brings a. His korban is like a regular korban chatat. Why? So you can understand why. You tell me why. Why wouldn't the melech's korban go into the kodesh? He's a political. He's just a political figure. He's not the religious establishment. He's just a political figure. He didn't distort the sense of kedusha. He didn't. He doesn't represent the system. Right. People. Right. Why is he bringing it? It says, Asher Nasi When he sins, not if. Yeah. Right? So it says, it, he says, if he did one of the sins, uh, one of the, he violated one of the mitzvot, of Hashem Elohav, Hashem is God. And it says, Mi She'en Alav, Ela Hashem Elohav. What does it mean? It means that, the, uh, that the, the, the problem in the king, that he has to bring a special korban different from everyone else, isn't because he affects the nation's spiritual understanding intellectual understanding of God for Avodah Hashem. It's because it's more dangerous. When the, he has to humble himself more. Because since there's nobody above him in terms of power, <clears throat> so it, it's more serious when he does a sin because his subordination and submission to God is more critical. That's why he carries a Sefer Torah all the time and all of these other safeguards to prevent him from abusing his power. So that, that's, that's why it's a little bit different. <clears throat> his special Korban is not a function of the impact that his sin has on the spiritual life of the people. It's on the impact that it could have on the, uh, on the political uh, life of the people, on the practical side, if he abuses his power. Which, of course, could spill over into other realms, too, but... 
without going into each and every korban, just the general idea of uh, different applications mm-hmm. of the blood, zimikah, yeah. so is there a difference? But I just want to mention that I did leave out one korban. Do you know what it is? Which category? I left one category out of the Kodesh Kodeshim on, pur- on purpose. I didn't want to. I didn't want to discuss it right now because it's something that's very complicated. Asham. Yeah, Asham. <laughs> we mentioned Asham. Asham is a strange korban. It's a strange korban. It is the fifth, fifth category. It's a type of Kodesh Kodeshim, but it's broad. It's it's a third yeah, Kodesh Kodeshim. But it I seems like it's kind of like a chatat. Is this korban or is this category? Is it the third category? It's the third, third type of kodesh kodeshim. Yeah. It doesn't milk one. Right. It's right. also like it's all. You're leaving out of the sidur. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Where does it go? This is a whole chart of it. Yeah, it's a, It's in. If you guys read that, if you guys got up five minutes earlier and read Ezel Mokoman Shazachim every day, you would know it all by heart. Kodesh kodeshim shkipetam b'tavon v'kibod aman b'chayish rei b'tavon. Etc. Etc. We would we would remember all of that. But the but it's right on the outer. Read it every single day. Eventually. Wait. Where does where does Asham go? I'm just so Asham is a type of a kodesh kodeshim, meaning only the kohanim. Yeah. But the diff, the thing is, it makes Asham weird, is that it's precipitated by some kind of a chet, but it's brought even when the chet is bemezi. Specific chataim. There's Asham Gezelot, Asham Meilot. Obviously not karet. Okay. If somebody does Meila, they misappropriate something from the Beit Hamikdash. If somebody does Asham Gezelot, they they steal and they swear falsely that they didn't really have it, and then they admit that they did. Right? It's Asham Shivcha Charufa. It's a whole complicated case of what Shivcha Charufa is. Asham Nazir, Asham Mitzora. So Asham is similar to a korban chatat. It seems to serve, serve a similar function. What's the but it's different because it has different requirements. For example, there's like a minimum price pe- price tag for a, oh, wow. an asham. The asham is always an idol. It's always a ram. It's the only type of asham that there is. Okay? And it's, it's, what's odd about it is throughout Shas, Rebbe Eliezer applies the same rules of chatat to asham all the time and he's like arguing with all the other chachamim. He believes that an asham and a chatat are basically two, two of the same thing. Right? And the chachamim say, no, it's a different kind of thing. The Ram, there's a long Ramban on it in Chumash. It's something that's very murky. It's very difficult to categorize the asham. It's what seems to be is that as opposed to a chatat, which is about the person did teshuvah for a chet, and therefore it's... Um, yes, He's doing, tish, it's part of his teshuvah process. The asham seems to be where certain damage was done, right? Meaning the objective damage that was done and needs to be acknowledged. That's why even if it's b'mezid, it's not like, oh, when you, when you do bring chatat, it's because, well, if you had done it b'mezid, you wouldn't be able to bring a koban because you did it on purpose. It's only when the person made a mistake that they can bring a chatat. And asham is recognizing that uh, a sin was done that was... Uh, uh, tr- that even if it was B'mezid that was of tremendous significance Me'ilah is the one that's the easiest to understand misappropriating things from the Beit HaMikdash you know Hasham Gezelot is where you steal and you lie about it basically and you swear falsely about it so, so this is an individual an individual yeah there's no communal Hasham so the way to understand the difference is to understand the Avonot you have to go right that's why I said I, want, I didn't want to get into it 
Because in order to really understand an individual's action that right. might have undermined the whole but system. But there's no correct. I, it doesn't this, fit so perfectly. Have to correct it. Everyone who tries to figure out what the Averroes are, nobody has a very convincing theory of how they all, what the common denominator of all of the Asham, Asham uh, requirements are. The thing that it seems to, that seems to be the uh, thread that... Uh, it's, also, it's completely burnt? I know the Kohanim, they get seen. It's like a Korban Khatan. It really is like a Korban Khatan. Why did you say it's under the... It's a separate category, but it's similar to Korban Khatan. What makes it different is that... That if the person has relations with a... With a shivcha charufa, which is like a, a maidservant that was in, uh, betrothed to somebody, but she's not fully free. It's all complicated story. It's all complicated story, right? So even in, it, it's brought even in cases of the Ramban tries to explain that really these are sins that are up, uh, that are so bad um, that we have to that they have to you need to bring something for a kapara even though even though it was done by mezid. But it's hard to see that for all of them. And like you have also asham mitzvah, asham asham nazir. That it's not about a uh, sin that was so bad. That seemingly. You know, so there's no clear explanation of Asham. It's something that requires more investigation to, to gain some clarity uh, about it. I don't want to say, I, we, we could go into it, but it would be a whole, uh, whole long journey. So I wanted to leave it. If we get to talk about it in a future time, maybe we'll be able to map it out. But I don't want to, when, it'll, it'll just confuse everything else that we did, which is why I left it to the end to mention. Asham is like a big Tarek Iyun. There's so a good, lot huh? of questions about what the Asham is. So is there a question of blood? Is there, is oh, there so in general, what, in general, what I would say is, so in the case of the Korban Ola, and in the case of the, in the Kodesh Kodesh, the blood touches every side of the Mizbeach. Right? In the Ola, it's done Shtayim Shein Arba, meaning you do it on the diagonal corners. On a Chatar, it's on each of the four corners. Um, and there are other differences in the application. In a korban chatat, the blood is applied to the top, above the middle line. Korban ola to the lower half. In a, you know, then there's chatat of and olata of, which is the opposite. The chatat of is, is applied to the bottom. The way to remember is that the kohen has to stretch the furthest for chatat. So if he's on the ground doing korban, he does this. But if he's on the mizbeach doing bird korban, he has to reach down. That's how I remember it. Um, anyway, that the, 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 these differences, the idea of the applications of the blood, the Rambam explains in general, was to get away of the idea that blood was a type of a taboo thing that would cause bad things to happen. Obviously, the blood represents life and it represents the dedication of life to God. In Kocheko Kodeshim, the, the Mizbeach is surrounded by it, meaning it takes in the totality of the Mizbeach. And, that's just, and there are more demands of a Kodeshim. Kodesh it's demanding more of you. That's the idea. It has to be in a certain location, slaughtering. It has to be all around the Mizbeach. It has to be totally burned or, or totally consumed. Okay? So there's more of a sense of totality in, uh, in uh, the... Um, in the Kodesh Kodesh. In Shlamim, you have less demands. I mean, going all the way down to where you just have one application. In the, in the, in the, uh, the ones that are the, uh, uh, that are the least restricted. The Kodesh Kodesh, you can already slaughter it anywhere in the, in the, uh, uh, in the, in the Azara, right, the Mishnah says. Right, so, so there are different kinds of applications. Rikaz, like throwing it from a cliche, right? Right, and they would throw it so that it went on the, on the corner or on the 
on the top, and then uh, applying with the, with the finger is done uh, for a korban chatatz. But they use the finger. Matan be'etzba, he would dip his finger and he would do that, or with the olah he could uh, do it directly with the with the kli. Um, what is the reason for the difference between the two? I haven't much thought about it. What the reason is behind that? In the case of the korban korbanot of hazaot, uh, are always <clears throat> when it's not really supposed to be on the thing that it's directed at. It's pointing to a certain idea, but it's not getting on it. Like you do hazaot towards the parochet, you do hazaot towards the towards the uh, towards the aron, right? As opposed to actual applications on it. So it's a, it's a good question. Does it mean that? Somehow it's connecting the Korban more to the Mizbeach or the Kohen more to the Mizbeach when he uses his hand versus when he, when he splashes it on there. It's something to think about. I'm not really understanding. We have to go more into that. We have to look through the details step by step and see. I'm sure we could come up with something, but not when we're running out of time. I, I'm going to guess this was his least favorite shiver to give because he's just giving more information. Yeah, like, and it's not developing the ideas. It's so obvious to you. This is not obvious. Well, no, it's not. We did do ideas. What do you mean? So many ideas. We didn't develop any new ideas. I thought there were new ideas. I don't know. I mean, you're taking the ideas that we're understanding from Mikdash. The only reason it doesn't seem like a new idea to you is because we said a lot of these ideas in Mikdash and what the Korbanot do. But you have to see how the system of Korbanot actually reflects these ideas in an organized way and how beautifully organized it is. To, to express all these different ideas and about Tumat Kodesh and Kodeshav and about Chet and all these very important ideas. And there's a lot of new ideas. Why the why the Kohen, why the Betin has to bring a different set of Kohanot, why the Melech has to go on one. One of the one of the interesting things I wanted to just mention that I thought about recently, and we'll probably have to get out of here, but I wanted to mention that I thought about recently is when a person brings a Koban to the Beta Mikdash, exclusively it has to go to the Beta Mikdash. Is that, is that, there are two things that are happening there. One is in the individual, that they're participating in a system that's designed to elevate that. But it also has to do with the, with the Mizbeach, with the, the Beit HaMikdash itself. That they're demonstrating the centrality of the Beit HaMikdash. You're doing two things, you know, when you, when you go to the Beit HaMikdash. That's why once it was established, you can't do it outside. Right, you can't do it anywhere else, right? You can't have Zvachim uh, outside. So there's two elements to it. And there's an interesting phenomenon called pigu in Korbanot. It's a very strange halacha, a very strange halacha called pigu. The idea of pigu is that if the Kohen has in mind, let's say he's doing a Korban that has a one-day limit of eating the meat. He thinks he can do it for two days. But he thinks, I'm going to eat it tomorrow. I'm not going to eat it today. I had enough warm this morning. I'm eating it tomorrow. It becomes pigu. Al-Isur Karet? No. if he eats it now. Even though he did the Avodah perfectly, he just thought, I'm going to eat this korban tomorrow, or I'm going to be maktir this tomorrow, and then he does chuvan, he does the right thing, doesn't matter if he came to go. <clears throat> but only if the entire rest of the korban was done right. If anything else messed up in the korban, it doesn't become good. Right. <clears throat> On the other hand, there's another type of, uh, of defense. Why, did you learn these Mishnayot? No, just... Oh, there's another thing called chutz komo. That's chutz bismano. Chutz komo is if the Kohen is like, I have to eat a korban chatat in the Beit HaMikdash. Let's say he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak some of this to home and have it tonight for, my, uh, for dinner. Okay? About the Koban Chata. That's called Chutz Lim Komo. Or I'm going to offer this, you know, outside the Beit HaMikdash. 
Chutz and Komot. That is Pasul, but not Pigul. So I, I always wonder, you know, what's the difference? What, what, what's the difference between Pasul and Pigul? Why is Chutz Lizmano so much worse than Chutz and Komot? What's the difference? So then I, I, I thought to myself, did you stop the recording? No, so hard. Oh, I thought to myself, there is a difference. Because if you lived in the time of the Bamot, there wouldn't be a concept of Chutz Only a concept of Chutz It occurred to me. And then I said, and why is that actually? Because Chutz is intrinsic to the Korban. Chutz means you're doing the, the, the intention you have is about doing something wrong with the korban, the korban itself. You're distorting the korban itself. So that disqualification is more fundamental. Why is chutzlim komo even bad? It's only bad because of the Beit HaMikash. It's only bad because part of every korban is affirming the centrality of the Beit HaMikash. It's not about my particular korban, it's about the system. It's important to have that system in place and not to have alternatives because, like it says, like Moshe Rabbeinu said to Korach, according to the Midrash, the Rashi quotes, that Moshe Rabbeinu said, the Umot HaOlam have many Kohanim and many, and, and many uh, uh, places of worship. and many We have Hashem Echad, Mikdash Echad, Kohen Gadol Echad. Right? It's part of the... So whenever a person brings the Korban to the Bet HaMikdash, they're affirming that this is the place. So when a thought of Chutzim Komo is a lack in deference to the Mikdash. It's not a lack in the Qurban. And that's why it doesn't render the Qurban as severely pasul as the Pigul, which is about transforming a Qurban, which is supposed to be a service to God, into a service to my own interest because I decided I want to do it differently than God said. That's a much worse type of thing than saying I want to do it somewhere else because somewhere else is only prohibited because of the exclusivity of the Beit Mikdash. Not because something's wrong with the Korban. I think that's, that's an interesting idea. And, and I thought of that idea the other day, and then I saw this interesting Gemara, that um, in, it's in the end of Perak Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai gets their own Perak. It's very nice. In, uh, in, um, uh, in uh, Masechet Vachim, it talks about the Korban of a non-Jew who wants to come and bring a korban to the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Kodshei ovdei kochavim. An idolater wants to bring a korban. You're allowed to bring anyone to bring a korban. It's, this is memhei. Ma Hashem Elohecha sho'el meimach. Ma. Amudal. En chayevim alayhen mishum pigun notav betameh. Vashokhtan bachutz patron. Tiprim Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. Such a magnanimous person. If the Ovet Kochavim does the Korban, it doesn't become Pigul, doesn't become anything. It's not subject to any of those rules. Okay? Uh, but Rabbi Yosef Mechayev, and that's the Halakha, that it's subject to the same rules as other Korban. And they discuss why and they go back and forth. Okay? Why is it that the Korban, what, what's their argument? They bring different sources, they bring different proofs, whether it can be subject to the same disqualifications. The Korban of an Anju, he just wants to bring Korban. So what's really the question? The Bet HaMikdash. When you bring a korban to the Beit HaMikdash, is, the, is it really that the Beit HaMikdash is providing you with a place to come closer to God? Okay? So for a Jew, that has all kinds of requirements and rules that are, that are implicit in, in the idea of coming close to God. 
for the Oved Kochavim who's not in that system, he brings a Korban. It's not subject to the same rules and regulations. There obviously are some things he can't bring, like some of the moon, can't do other things, but his Korban doesn't rise to the level of the Korban of the Jew. It's not subject to the same requirements or restrictions or, 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 or uh, standards as the Jewish Korban because it's a place for him to come closer to God. The Bet HaMikdash provides him with a place to come closer to God. The other possibility is, no, when you come, you're facilitating the Bet HaMikdash being Mekadesh Shem Shemayim. The Bet HaMikdash defines the standard and the rules. The Bet HaMikdash defines the parameters. The Bet HaMikdash defines what is or isn't going to apply to your Korban once it comes into the realm of the Bet HaMikdash. But this shows you the two sides. Is the Bet HaMikdash, the Bet HaMikdash is both of those things, right? It's both the place where a person comes to be inspired, connect to God, rise above themselves, focus on eternal truths, whatever, however you want to say it. But it's also a place that as an institution, as the central exclusive institution that repre- represents Shekhinah in the world, is using you as an example, as a component of its function in being Mekadesh Shem And that's really, I think, I think what the Machloket is between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yossi. A non-Jew comes and wants to bring a Korban. Who, gets to, who defines the parameters? The bringer of the Korban? Or the institution of the Mikdash. When it's a Jew, the Jew is part of the institution of the Mikdash. He doesn't have uh, he doesn't have different options, right? He has to be a team player. The Andrew doesn't. So maybe his korban is of a different nature than the korban of a person who's, uh, who has an, an allegiance also to the Beit Hamikdash. How does the Beit? So, but the fact that they that they found this test case of a person who brings a korban who is not mechuyav in the obligation of Mikdash Shem he's just coming to approach God. I'm chayav in being mikdash and shemayim through the mikdash. So therefore, when I bring my korban, I can't define that it's not going to be tamei. It's not going to be subject to be. I can't. I'm part of the team. I'm on the same team. Okay. So I, so we can't distinguish between those two elements of me as one approaching God and the mikdash of a place that's using me as a an instrument to be mikdash and shemayim. The same thing. Well, when a non-Jew comes, what do we look at it? Do we say that he's just approaching God and he can do it as he as he wills? Or no, the Beit HaMikdash is now going to do the same thing. It's going to take him into, it's going to subsume the Nandru's Korban into its project of Kiddush Shem Shemayim. And therefore it's going to impose, so to speak, even on the Korban of the Nandru, the, uh, you know, the same requirements as that of a Jew. Because the ultimate purpose is the universal purpose, not the individual. Interesting. Chazak, chazak, That was a recent solution. I had recently been talking about when I was learning, when I... I when I was uh, well, the pigul thing, yeah, and and then the when I was learning zochin, because that's one of the gemarot that I'm doing for the mashani siyum. So I just noticed this. So again, like, oh, this raises an interesting question, and I and I started thinking about that, and then I was thinking about the pigul thing because I was learning with Nathaniel, my my son, uh, about meilah, because he got also a doozy of a masechet for the mashani siyum. So I was trying to think. I was thinking about the whole concept of pigul, and I just saw the connection. But yeah, it was, it was a new thing, but if, if, if you like it, yeah, I guess that means maybe it, maybe it tests him out. <laughs> okay? Is that a little... Time for coffee?